The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. In Eretz Yisrael, there's a particular yeshiva that's off the beaten path. It's not in one of those urban areas. It's in a pastoral, pristine area with fields and forests around the yeshiva, not far away from a moshav. But the yeshiva campus itself is really isolated, and it enables a bachar, the avrechim, the faculty of the yeshiva, to live al taras hakodesh away from the sights and sounds that could distract the person and maybe even bring them down. And they really could be totally immersed in their learning and attain levels they probably couldn't attain in other areas. There's one particular bachar in this yeshiva who struggled tremendously. He wasn't such about kishrin. He had a hard time figuring out the logical gemaras and the rishonim and achreinim. And the yeshiva was a high-level yeshiva. Somehow he was accepted, but he struggled daily. And people tried to help him, particularly there was one Rebbe. There was one Rebbe who after Shear would sit down with him and try to explain to him the Gemara and the Rashi and the Taisus and the Kasha and the Teretz and sometimes he got it and most times he didn't. And the Bachar started feeling really bad about himself and he started slipping. The Rebbe tried everything that he could to bring the Bachar in, to spend extra time with him, to give him personal attention but the Rebbe realized it wasn't going anywhere and the Bachar was slipping further and further. One day the Rebbe said, you know what, I think I have to speak to the Rosh Hashiva. I don't think this yeshiva is the right type of place for him. You know, the level is a little bit too high. He's getting frustrated. And because he's getting frustrated, he's really slipping. He's falling. Maybe we have to find him a yeshiva that's more matim, that's more appropriate for him. He figured he's going to speak to the Rosh Hashiva the next morning. That night, late at night, this particular Magad Shir is sitting there in his study and he's preparing. He gives a high-level shir. He's got to come up every day with a high-level shir with so many balikish and so many smart bachar. And the shir was a big pressure. As he's in the middle of learning, the absolute silence, the stillness of the night, which was the usual trademark for this pastoral yeshiva campus, was shattered by the sounds of the blades of a helicopter. And the, uh, this Magachir wonders, a helicopter? He looks out on his, goes onto his porch, it goes onto his balcony, and he sees that the helicopter is landing in a field not far away from where the yeshiva is situated. He starts thinking to himself, wow, I wonder if there's like somebody locally here in this Moshav who's maybe part of the Secret Service and they're coming to pick him up for a special mission. He wonders what, who, when, why. And he sees that the door to the helicopter opens and a fellow steps out and he pulls out a phone and he begins to talk on the phone. He waits, he's still watching. It's a very peculiar scene in the middle of the night, something like this in his Moshav. These type of things never happened. All of a sudden he sees that the fellow, is another fellow standing next to the guy on the phone wearing a white shirt. You can even see it sits us from a distance. He goes, that must be one of our Bachram. One of our Bachram is part of the Shabbat, part of the Secret Service. That's crazy. It's a good idea, but the, you can't be a Bachram Yeshiva. And his curiosity gets the better of him. And he leaves his building and goes running out to the field. And as he gets closer, he freezes in his tracks. It's that very Bachram. The one that he was going to ask to leave the Yeshiva. Oh, is he going to get it? have to leave the yeshiva. He should go to the army where he belongs. This is what he's doing. And as he gets closer, he slowly but surely sees the bachar motioning him that he should come. The boy's hobbling. He goes running to the bachar. And he sees that the bachar's got a big bandage in the hip and the thigh area. And the fellow on the phone comes running over and says to him, you know, I came just in the nick of time. This uh, Magachir says, I, I don't know what's going on here. I'm lost. What's happening here? The bachar says, come Rebbe, let me share with you what happened. The fellow that on the helicopter, turns to the helicopter pilot and he says, turn off the rotors. We have to be part of this. I'll be back soon. And they hobble to the yeshiva. The bachar says, Rabbi, I had a terrible, terrible day today. You tried to learn with me. I didn't get it. Other people tried. I was so depressed and I'm lying in bed at night. 
I just can't fall asleep. And I just feel so claustrophobic in this yeshiva. And I don't feel myself. And I feel depressed. And I feel sad. The atzvah, the mayor it's really bad. I figured I'll go out for a walk. It's a beautiful night. And this beautiful setting. And I'm walking in one of the fields behind the yeshiva. And I wasn't watching where I was walking. It was dark, dark. And all of a sudden, I tripped on a large boulder. I didn't realize there was a jagged edge of stone jutting out from the boulder. And it got me in my femoral artery. And I'm lying there on the floor. I fall. I can't move. And all of a sudden, I feel a tremendous dump, you know, outpouring of blood by my hip area. And I realized what had happened. I tried getting up. No one's around. I tried calling. Nobody could hear me. And I realized I was going to die in that spot. What does a do when they've nowhere else to turn? I opened up my heart and I said, Rabbi Nishlam, I began to cry with my last krechas. Hashem, is this the end? Is this how it's going to go? Hashem, I promise you that if you give me another chance, then I'm going to give learning and avidus Hashem a chance like I never gave it before. I beg you, Rabbi Nishlam, please save me. He says, within the next 10 seconds, all of a sudden a helicopter appears from the distance and it comes and it lands literally right next to me and the man gets out and he's on the phone and I start calling and screaming and all of a sudden the man looks up he hears someone calling comes running over to me and he sees I'm lying there and I'm bleeding out he runs back to the helicopter he brings the first aid kit like the helicopters have he motions to pout they come they, they apply deep pressure and a tourniquet and they're able to stop the bleeding and maybe that's when you showed up just at that moment when he helped me up Wow, the market chair says, that's crazy. What are the chances of this happening? He turns to the fellow on the phone, the helicopter guy, he goes, who are you? And what are you doing on our yeshuv? No one ever comes here in a helicopter. He says, I'm a wealthy businessman and I was flying. This is my personal helicopter. I go from one place to the other. When I, my father tried to call me and I saw it was an important call, but I was on the helicopter, there was bad reception, there was too much noise. So I told the pilot, put me down on the ground in the nearest area that you can. And he saw this field and he put me down. I came out, I started to get on the phone and all of a sudden I hear cries of help and it's you and I see what happened to you and I realized that I could save your life and I ran back. To make a very long story short, they were able to help the Bachar. He's able to recover. And two amazing things happen from this trip on that jutting stone. Number one, the Bachar becomes a different person. He realized, you know, the fleetingness of life he also had to fulfill his commitment that he told Baruch Hu, he would redouble his efforts in the most incredible way possible. But it wasn't just the Bachar that was impacted and affected. The fellow who was on the phone, the wealthy fellow who was not a firm fellow, all of a sudden saw in the most incredible way the Yad Hashem, and he says, this is a message from Hashem. And he became very close to this Bachar and very close to this Magad Shir, and eventually him and his entire family were Chayzer B'Tshuva. Incredible story, such an incredible impact of one person's tefillah in the deepest of times, in the deepest of distress, putting it all out there for a Shalom, saying, there's no one else that could help me. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.